so glad you chose to be with us uh, this evening, and we're getting so close to Christmas. Hopefully, you've had the opportunity, whether already this evening or as we're leading up, to literally encounter Jesus Christ, to slow down enough to exhale and sense His presence going into this season. And I wanted to spend just a few minutes chatting with you. We're uh, working through a, just a little mini-series this Christmas, and we've been going through this verse written by a prophet that lived 700 years before Jesus was born, and in his prophecy spoke, he gave some specific names that they were going to call Jesus. And you might be familiar with this verse, we'll put it up uh, right here, Isaiah 9, 6, for to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulders, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. The last couple of weeks, we've spent time just talking about each one of those names. They're not names that were given just as a, as a title, like a Mr. Kegel or a Mr. Riser. They're, they're names that were literally designed to be experienced by us, by his kids, by those who have embraced Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. And so we've talked about those for the last couple of weeks and going through each one of those specifically. Well, now we're on the very last one of those titles, and you can see it there, this title, Prince of peace. And that, like the others, was intended to be something that was experienced by each one of us, this Prince of Peace. And the reason I would suggest that Prince is the title given there is because he's literally the one source or the one avenue towards experiencing, uh, experiencing peace. Some of you were probably here for our, our Christmas cafe. Was anybody here blessed by Christmas cafe? And we talked about peace a little bit on that evening. And I suggested that we get confused on maybe what is our uh, need for peace. And God, thankfully, in his kindness, understood man's greatest need, that our greatest need is that our sin has severed our, our relationship with God or separated us from him, uh, from him. And because of that, God, in his kindness, through this baby coming down, God in an earth suit, lived the perfect life, died on a cruel, miserable Roman cross as a sacrifice for our sins to have that relationship restored and then rose again on the third day, giving us the opportunity to experience peace. And that's the foundational peace before you can experience any other kind of peace. We talked about this in Christmas Cafe, that that relationship has to be in the right place before the other areas and aspects of your life you can expect any kind of peace. Some people are shocked and amazed by this, and they're like, man, why can't I, why, why do I have so much anxiety? Why do I have so much fear? And why don't I feel peace going into Christmas? And I would suggest a lot has to do with starting with that primary relationship. Now, tonight, I wanted to spend just a couple minutes talking about really the rest of us that would say, I have embraced Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. I, I have accepted that free gift. That's why I'm here on Christmas Eve, for Pete's sake. Like that, that's why I gathered uh, tonight to celebrate. And the question for you that some of you, or the question for me that some of you might have is, why don't I feel that peace now? Why, why does that, that peace still feel distant when I have embraced Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior? What I would suggest is that one of the things that has to happen to experience that peace, even for the believer, is there needs to be some exchanges that need to happen, some habits that need to be put in place this season and moving forward for you to encounter all that God intended for you to experience in that name. 
Anybody uh, here, I don't know if you're like this, uh, come from a family where exchanges after Christmas are inevitable. Anyone, anybody want to confess to that? Like you, you pretty much when you're opening gifts, you're like, ah, I just been looking to see if the tag's still on it and I can tell what store it's from. Some of you are like that. I, I've noticed that's a phenomenon here even in the, this area, especially, uh, I like the son that's up here raising his hand, uh, but, but I, I've noticed that's especially true at Costco. Costco is the strangest phenomenon to me. When I show up there a couple weeks after Christmas, the line is still out the door for exchanges. I'm like, how many people shop at, for Christmas gifts at Costco? I don't know. But, but either way, the exchange thing is part of our culture. It's an expectation coming out of Christmas, whether we want to admit it or not, whether the grandparents want to admit that their kids might not like the sweater they got them or not. It's part of the Christmas experience. And what I would suggest has to happen, as I'm bringing this back to peace, is there has to be an exchange of our anxiety for peace. Let me explain that a little bit. Philippians 4, 6 through 7 talks about this process. It says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Now, if you're a churchgoer, you may have seen that verse for a long time, for many years, but I would suggest that that has in it the formula for exchange. It's saying instead of being anxious about the stuff going on in your life, you need to exchange that through a simple means. You might see it in the verse there yourself. The simple means is the power of prayer the power of prayer. You're like, wow, that sounds very churchy, but let me explain what I mean by that. That idea that prayer enters someone into the equation that wasn't there prior that can bring peace to any situation. It brings God into every single equation. And it's a wonderful habit if you're wondering, how do I achieve peace? It's like tapping in for that peace that only he can bring. I was growing up, we were, as a family, we were forbidden to watch WWF. I think, I think it's changed names since that. Any, any WWF watchers in here? But one of the things I would do when we were at friend's house is you'd sneak and actually watch some WWF. This, if you don't know, that's like the big guys in the fake wrestling, you know. So, so one of the, the things with WWF that they had that I thought was the coolest thing is when you're really just beat up when they're in this tag team fights, what do they have the option to do? They had the option to tap in the big dude to come and give them help. Do you remember these fights, kids? Uh, maybe adults uh, remember this. That, that was, I thought that was a phenomenal idea. And I was like, man, if we could apply that to our prayer life, that's the exact same picture. When we're weighed down and beat up and can't carry a lo the load any longer, that's when we tap in for help. That's when we're, the, the, the big guy from upstairs steps in and intervenes on our behalf. I think that's a, a beautiful, maybe not beautiful if you're picturing the guys in the small shorts, but of, of the, the, the picture that I have in my mind of, man, bringing peace into an otherwise anxious situation. That's the, that's the tap-in idea, trading or exchanging anxiety for peace. But here's the thing about peace is it's something that's kind of a, a fleeting thing because 
we in our human nature have a tendency in those moments to give things over to God, and then what do we do right afterwards? We take it right back. We get right back in the ring with the big guy, and you're like, oh, why are you back there? Why didn't you just stay on the sidelines? But we have this tendency. But I would suggest that what needs to happen is our mindset has to shift. We have to accept, and this is the trust exercise going into Christmas here, accept his help. To say, man, I, I'm trusting. I'm trusting fully with a deep assurance that God is in control and everything that he does has my best interest in mind. Everything he does. Can you imagine that? Every single plan, everything that he plays out, literally, if you're a child of his, has your best interest in mind. Letting that sink into your deepest core, I would suggest, is how you exchange anxiety for peace. I like this statement. Assurance is, the, is confidence based on experience. Assurance is confidence based on experience. And what I've noticed in my life is as I, the longer I've followed the Lord, this peace thing has seemed a little bit more attainable now than maybe 20 years ago. Because based on experience, you start to see over time, oh man, look how God provided in that situation. Look how he came through in this situation. Man, he's so faithful. All of a sudden, the longer you follow Jesus Christ, the more you've seen his proven track record of faithfulness in your life. And so I would suggest, even thinking through people in our own church, that this is attainable by clinging to either your stories and experiences, or I even think it's fair to cling to other people's stories. I was just talking to a gentleman this, uh, this last week, and he lost his job about a month ago. He's kind of going through a difficult season. I think it's always a bummer when people cut people loose before Christmas. But anyway, this idea of talking to him, I'm like, man, are you a little anxious about him? He's like, you know what? God's been so faithful for all these years. It's not as if he's all of a sudden going to abandon me now. You see, that's how you trade in your anxiousness for your peace. When you cling to his track record of faithfulness in your life. I'd suggest one last thing just as we wrap up here, just another thought of how we can move towards peace going into this season, experiencing the Prince of Peace, is making sure you know what true peace looks like. I'd suggest that some people are a little confused about what peace looks like. I, I remember a former pastor that I was under, he told a story and uh, you may have heard this story before. It's a story of a, of a king that had set up a, a contest between two famous painters of that time. The, the king had established in this contest that the two painters were, to the very best of their ability, they were going to capture on canvas what peace actually looked like. Now think about that for a moment. What would you uh, paint on that canvas. The, some of you might have one idea. This was the, the first painting, actually a replica of it, but this was the first idea, was just a perfect boat, just sitting there as the sun was, I, don't, I never know if it's rising or setting, either way, you get the idea, sitting there on the perfectly calm water as the sun was going down. This, this reminds me if you've been to Hawaii, just that, that, that tranquil picture in your mind. So that was one of the two artists' presentation. thought that was a pretty good one to capture peace, wouldn't you guys suggest? And, uh, and the second one I thought was interesting that in this contest, the second one was of a little bird in a bird's nest 
sitting rex, right next to a raging waterfall. Now, this is definitely not that original picture, but the one that I saw that I couldn't find on Google uh, was of this little tiny branch that was sticking out right on the edge of the waterfall, just dangling there. And the bird there for, with, with rain coming down, the waterfall, cliffs all around, that, that was a better picture of it. But you get the picture and your idea. And at first glance, you're like, wait a second, how does that capture peace? How does that capture peace? And I would suggest, and actually the king in this probably made-up story, ended up going with the second painting because here's the understanding we have to have of peace, is peace is not the absence of drama around us. Let's get that straight now. Again, peace is not the absence of drama around us. You can be in the middle of complete chaos, but still experience God's peace. That's the, the, this, this idea that peace, it, it's, it's, not, it's not bound or it's not necessarily connected. It's independent of my circumstances. You see, when you're holding on, when you're recognizing, even that little bird recognizing that the mom is, is taking care of the, of, of the eggs or whatever, maybe it's baby birds, I don't know, you can make up your own story. But this idea, when you recognize that the Heavenly Father is taking control, He's reigning over all of your circumstances, you're like, man, I, it doesn't even make sense that I have peace right now, but I have it. I have a calm assurance. I'm not, I'm not, pacing, I'm not pacing up late at night. I'm not, I'm not uh, biting my nails. I'm not anxious. I'm not panic about anything. All of a sudden, there's this calm assurance that God is in control, that God is reigning over your circumstances. That's the Prince of Peace, that person that says to himself, wait a second, I have a wonderful counselor that wants to talk me through any circumstance I'm having trouble getting through. I have a mighty God who's able to rescue me from whatever problems I'm in the middle of. I have the Prince of Peace. I have the everlasting Father who cares for His children. That's how, my friends, you experience peace this Christmas when you encounter Jesus Christ through his promises, through his names even given by this prophet 700 years prior to his arrival. Let me just pray for us just for a moment as we want to experience and even enjoy that peace this Christmas. God, we thank you so much this evening for this pause and slow down from the craziness of our week to even reflect for a moment on the peace that you offer such a beautiful and powerful thing that's suggested. I thank you that you give the avenue or road to that peace only through Jesus Christ. I would pray for anyone that's in this room that's never made the choice to embrace Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, that they wouldn't sneak by another Christmas without addressing that being their greatest need. I pray, too, for anyone in this room that has embraced you but has been so far from experiencing your peace. I pray that they would establish new habits and new patterns in their life of bringing things and laying them before you again and again and again, not choosing to take them back. Pray that you would expand even our understanding of what peace looks like. It's not an absence of drama or difficulty, 
It's the knowledge and, in, and encouragement of knowing that you have it all in your hand. It may not be in our perfect timing. It not, might not be in our perfect way of the way you deal with things, but you are reigning and controlling over all. We thank you for that, being the Prince of Peace. We praise you this Christmas in Jesus Christ's name. Amen.